This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I want to get over on the blessing. And so that's the goal on how we reverse the curse and go in that direction. And so we'll give you great, great biblical insight on that. I believe you'll walk in the blessing through that. Well, I, I welcome all of you here tonight. Glad you're here. Uh, if you got your Bible, we are going to go ahead and give you an opportunity to give. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. You know, I, I said Sunday, there's so many voices in our society right now. Just a voice here and voice there. And I began to think about this the other day. And if you're watching on live stream, good to have you tonight too. But anything outside of the Word of God is just my opinion. <laughs> just my opinion. And so the Lord began to deal with me on things. And there's a lot of things in this life that we may not agree with. And so if you've ever been with me in a vehicle or stuff, I, I have a hard time, and I don't have a problem in this, I have a hard time with traffic lights. Better stated, stupid traffic lights. And there's times I'll look and think, whose stupid idea was this to put here? And so I, I live where on my way to work, there's one really, really stupid traffic light. And it breaks the flow of traffic. It, it just causes everything, 20 cars to come to a screeching halt while one car gets to go out. And so this is how my mind works and everything. But the Lord began to deal with me and he said, you think it's stupid. But yet even as stupid as you think it is, you still stop at it every time it's red. And I said, I do, Lord. I don't want to, but I do. And he said, why do you stop at it? And I said, because I don't want to put other people's lives in danger. And so some of the stuff that we do right now, you got to remember that, okay? Just, just remember that in the times we're, we're living in. Well, that may help you. Just give you a little bit of my heart. So again, pray for pastor when he drives. I tell you, I talk to myself and stuff, so I'm getting better. This is a passage in Luke chapter 17. And what's going on here is the Lord Jesus is on his way from Galilee to Jerusalem, but he's got to go through an area called Samaria. Now, the Samaritans and the Jews, they weren't friendly to each other. They didn't like each other. And so as Jesus is on the verge of going into this city, and I say he's on that, the outskirts of it, he hears these 10 men and they start yelling at him and say, Lord, 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 have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Now, we begin in, in Luke 17, verse 14. So when he saw them, he said to them, now I want you to stop right here. When he saw them, when he saw them, well, when Jesus saw them, he understood immediately that they were lepers. And the reason he knew that is because lepers were not allowed inside their city. And so he takes notice of them when they begin to yell at him, Lord, have mercy on us. And it says, and when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, in their time frame that they live, 
They knew this. The only reason you would go show yourself to a priest was the priest had the power and authority to say, you're clean. You can go back into society because you're good. But Jesus tells them, go show yourself to the priest. Now, it'd be very easy to look and say, well, I'll do that once you help me. But he says something in verse 14 at the end. And it was that as they went, they were cleansed. So what shows me here is these guys, they stepped out on Jesus' command. They stepped out on his faith, on their faith and said, Jesus told us to go. He told us to do that. Verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned with a loud voice and glorified God. He, he wasn't shy. A loud voice. Verse 16. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks and he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even Jewish. But he was so overwhelmed with gratitude that he shouts and he bows and he begins to give the Lord glory. And verse 17, so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? So right there it shows me all the other ones were Jews. And so when I looked at this, I thought, does this describe me? Am I like the one who gives him glory? Am I like the other nine who never do? And so in this sense, I have this thought, I want God to bless me. I mean, every one of us here, we want God to bless us. But are we willing to return any form of gratitude, any form of sacrifice? And so this began to move me, and I thought, I'm, I'm like one of these right here. I'm either going to be like the one who praises him, or I'm going to be like the other night and said, you know what? I got what, you, what, what I needed. I got from you everything I desired. It's all I need. I'm good. I, I don't want to be known that way. I want to be grateful. And you know, I, I think we all need to learn gratitude on the very levels that we're in. And I got to thinking about this, and many of you that are older than me, you'll, you'll be able to jump in here and add to this. But I thought, I, I remember when I was a, a ninth grader and I started to work, the minimum wage was $2.65. Now, I know, and I don't mean to some of you older, but how many of you remember when it was a lot less than that? Thank you, Bob. I was hoping you'd bail me out. <laughs> What's the lowest do you remember? A dollar. Well, I, I, I was a bag boy at a grocery store. Well, that's a scary thought, me bagging your groceries. Oh, boy. But it was $2.65. You know what they said? If you ever get overtime, it's time and a half. Well, I thought, dang, that's $4 an hour. That's big bucks, you know. And so I began to become grateful for that. I thought, thank you, thank you. But as my life went on, every time I got a raise and stuff, I became very grateful. Well, when I began to understand about honoring God, man, I was so grateful. I, I've witnessed in my life God himself moving supernaturally to get me a great paying job. How many of you have ever had? You knew, I got that job because of God. That's happened to almost every one of us. And so, man, I begin to say, I'm going to honor you, Lord. 
I'm going to honor you. But, but here's what happens too many times in our life. And I know I'm not supposed to do this for the, the live stream. But we, we're down here. And instead of just learning to honor God when we're down here, we have this thought. I'll honor him when I get up here. Man, something happens when I begin to honor him there. And so I highlighted what I just said. I've never forgot where I started. And so, again, I, I encourage you, man, when you give, you get promoted. Honor God. Honoring. Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We thank you. Woo, just, just the heart that was in this one Samaritan. Lord, let that come in us. That we become people of gratitude for what you've done. And, Father God, even saying that right now, out of our mouths we say thank you. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for providing. Thank you for doing all you do on a daily basis in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Well, just going to stir you up a little bit in that area. Uh, if you got your Bible, go with me to 1 Peter, way back there in the back. Hebrews, then James, and then the Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1 is where I'm going to begin. I got a couple announcements. So this Sunday, July 5th, today's July 1st. Hard to believe, huh? Sunday is July 5th. At the 11 o'clock service, we are going to have from the little guys that can walk all the way through the five-year-olds, we're opening all these classrooms, okay? And so, man, you bring those little blessings. We're, we're still needing of workers. That's why we're just doing it for one service. We don't have a lot of workers yet, but they're coming in Jesus' name. So bring your little blessings to the 11 o'clock service. If you show up at the 9 o'clock with them, they're going to be in here with me, Okay? Now, we're not doing the declaration song anymore, and no, I'm not going to do it for them, okay? That would scar them. So, be sure and remember that. Also, Sunday the 12th is, is the, the 20th anniversary of the church, and then Friday the 17th is the women's night. So, a bunch happening here in July. I believe July is going to be a good month, okay? I encourage you to get your prayers out there. Start speaking to the month of July. Uh, again, we're going to start in 1 Peter chapter 1. Now, if you were here a week ago... We got over to James chapter 1, verse 22. James said this, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And then he clarified that and he said, deceiving yourself. So if I hear the word but I don't act on the word, I, I've deceived myself was his exact wording. I, I don't want to deceive myself. And so here's some illustrations off that I think. We are told to walk in love by the scriptures, but do I actually do that? We're told to repent of our sins, but I, do I actually obey that and do that? I'm told to forgive, but do I actually forgive? I'm told to pray. We're called to pray, but do I actually pray? And so I begin to think about this in this situation here. Are there inconsistencies between what I claim to be or what I claim to believe and how I actually live and obey? Wow, it's a good question. I'm going to ask you a really difficult question here. This is a good one. The simply believing in Christ Jesus make you a Christian? Don't answer that, okay? Just think about that. Does simply believing in Christ Jesus, does it make you a Christian? Let me help you a little bit with that. This was last week. 
James 2, verse 19, he said, even the demons believe and tremble. Even the demons. So was he telling us, you got to put a little walkie-walkie with your talkie-talkie. I believe that's what he's talking about. So we begin in, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. The enduring word of God. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. You want to purify your soul? Yes, I do. Obey the truth. The good news. By obedience to the truth, through the Spirit or through the power of the Holy Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Quite a statement there, isn't it? And so when I read what he's talking about, we owe our new birth to the power of God's word and the Holy Spirit who activates us through power. Now, when I looked at what he said in verse 22 and 23, this text right here, it shows the seed that has produced new life is the Word of God. I, I got to get into the Word of God. I got to stay with the Word of God. Look what he goes on to say, verse 24. Because all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man or the beauty of man is the flower of the grass, and the grass withers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. The good news, the divine instruction of the word of God will last forever. In other words, seasons pass and the flowers fade, but what I found in Christ, it'll never pass away. That's what he's telling us right there. So when I read what he's talking about, and it says here, the, the, Lord, uh, the word of the Lord endures forever, this takes us to John 1.1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And so he's talking about the Lord Jesus. The word became flesh, and he said, it's never going to go away. It's going to keep going on and on and on and on. So he keeps reading now in the last part here, verse 25, and he says, now, this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. This was the word which the gospel was preached to you. And so I looked at that and I thought, okay, what is he talking about here? That statement takes us to Matthew 4, 4. That man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so when he begins to describe this here, he's saying that the word is a sword in a time of my need. When it's spoken out of my mouth, when it's uttered out of my mouth, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So something happens when I begin to get a hold of the word of God. Now, we go right into chapter 2. And he has the same thought here, verse 1. Therefore... Lay aside, get rid of, abandon all malice, wickedness, all deceit, 
hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. And he's saying, just get rid of all evil in your life through the power of God. The behavior of a hypocrite. Get rid of your judgmental analysis is what a lot of these words in here. And then he goes on to say in verse 2, as newborn babes desire, as newborn babes crave the pure milk of the word. As a newborn baby would crave the, the milk of the mother. Now think about this in this sense. And you get a newborn baby, they don't have to be taught how to eat. They know. They crave that. They know. And so when I look what he's talking about here, we need this same spiritual growth or this same spiritual nourishment to help us grow. And so he says the analogy, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. And so spiritual growth is a result of eating and feeding on the word of God. It's craving the word of God. It's desiring or having an appetite for the word of God to be foolish, fully nourished. Now, one of the, the translations, it says the word of God for me and you's life is like an antibiotic. Man, the word of God is, is alive and powerful. And so something happens here when I get on God's nutritional guidelines for spiritual growth. I got to get the word. Day by day by day. Now think about it in this sense. A baby eats all day long, all day long, all day long. That's the same with us. And so anytime I, I fail to get into the word, I become weak. I, I, I lose areas of my faith. And so, so much is dependent on what am I eating on every day. Now, you've heard me say this numerous times. Uh, if you ever find Smith Wigglesworth's books, get them. What's his name, Pastor? Smith Wigglesworth. Is that his real name or did you make that up? No, that's his real name. He said this. We feed our natural man three hot meals a day. And we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week. And we wonder why we're spiritually malnourished. I like to say, you get into the word, God will get into you. Get, get to a place to crave it. Get where you crave the word of God. Where it's like, man, I, I got to get into the word of God today. Now, on those lines right here, go with me to the book of Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And as you're turning there, I can never be other than what I take in or what I eat. I got to get a hold of the word. Mark chapter 5. Now, we're going to look in the latter part of Mark 5. The latter part of Mark 5, five has two, two miracles that took place in it. The first one was the miracle of a little Jewish girl, a guy named Jairus' daughter, who he said she's to the point of death, and Jesus healed her. The second one is a Gentile woman who he healed of disease. 
And when I begin to look at these right here, these become very interesting stories to me. So I'm going to pick up with the last one. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. If you're a good note taker, this, this is a good one, okay? Verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. 12 years. It's a long time. It's a long time for a sickness. And she had suffered many things from many physicians. Uh, it says that she had suffered many things from the hands of physicians, the treatments of physicians. I get also possibly maybe surgeries or stuff from the hands of, of physicians. It, it says that she endured through all this. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Now, I highlight some one word in there for you. Mark in there the word she, because over and over, this passage will reference she, this woman who had the issue. So we find out biblically right here that she had exhausted everything she had. The, the disease could be viewed as incurable. She had spent all of her money, all of her bank accounts. She had nothing left. So if we're looking into this, we begin to see she's at a dead end. And it said she grew worse. Now that's not good when you've gone to the doctor and you spent everything you got and there's no help. Except when you begin to look to Jesus. Verse 27. When she, when she heard about Jesus, the Passion Translation really helped me this study on this. It says, when she heard about Jesus' healing power. So it says, when she heard faith, according to Romans 10 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I believe what this woman heard was when folk come in contact with the Lord Jesus, the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the sick are healed. And you know what I find out? She had to believe what she heard. How do you know that? Keep reading. Because she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. She pushed through the crowd and she touched his garment. I believe right here she acted on the word that had been spoken. And so when you look at this, this woman looked to Jesus. And it says that she came in and touched his garment. Now I begin to dig in this right here. She began to touch his garment. What, what did that really mean? I don't, I don't bring this out very often. But this is called a, a prayer shawl or an ephod. You're, you're welcome to look at this after the service. I don't have a problem with it. Most of the time, it would be draped over them. Sometimes you would see it on their head. When it says here that she touched the hem of his garment, the prayer shawl or this ephod the blue tassels right down here like this, they were on the corner. They were a symbol of all of God's promises and his commands. 
Now on this ephod that I'm wearing right here, this one right here has a scripture. Listen to this scripture. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. This scripture right here is found in Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. Most interpretations believe that the wings that heal was this tassel right here. So in her eyes, she had been told, all you got to do is get near the healer, that tassel. Reach out and touch that tassel and you'll be made well. And so when I begin to look at the biblical significance of all what this means... She was getting a hold of the Bible, the Word of God. She was looking at what the Bible said about He's the healer. Verse 28. Now keep reading all this. For she said, for she said, one translation says, for she kept saying to herself, if only I may touch the clothes or the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. I shall be made whole. The passage says, I know I will be healed. And so we get right here. She spoke over and over and over the desire made well. The Greek word is zozo, made whole and restored. So I get this picture. Here's this woman who's at a dead end. She hears about Jesus. And she sees him in the crowd. And you can read over and over. There's a crowd. And she's pushing through. And I mean, she's, put, she's like, I, I'm, I'm not leaving till I touch him. And the whole time she's marching where she said, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. When I touch, and so she began to voice her expectation. But what was her expectation based off of? What she had heard. Well, what did she hear? He's the healer. He's the healer. And so highlight again, over and over, she, she. And the reason I say she this woman played a part. Verse 29. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Now think about this. If you had an affliction in your body for 12 years, she had to be in pain. But twice you'll see the word immediately. Immediately. Immediately she knew. Immediately she knew. Can you imagine what was going on in this? The first time maybe in 12 years or plus that she hadn't experienced pain. And so immediately she knew, verse 30, and Jesus immediately knowing himself that power or virtue had gone out of him. He turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? So the crowd is pushing against Jesus. And Jesus knows there's a surge that goes out of him. He knows, in my opinion, he knows there's been a demand that's put on him. Now here's a thought for you. People are pressing around him. He's crowded with people everywhere. They're all touching him. 
Do you think this woman was the only one in that crowd that day that needed to be healed? And so if it's just touching the hem of the garment, then everybody there would have got healed. But I begin to think in this term, this woman, she had an expectation. She was like, when I touch his garment, I'm going to be made whole. I'm going to be made whole. Verse 31. But his disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. You know what? I believe Jesus knows when them people get over in our faith and their belief. And he, he knows. But the woman, fearing and trembling, know what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. I'm the one who touched you. I, I touched you for healing. You know why Jesus wanted to single her out? He wanted her to testify. He wanted people to hear, Jesus healed me. And so you know what happens when people begin to get testify? It becomes contagious. And other people say, Man, that's the healer. That's the one who sets people free. And according to, to Acts 10, 34, the apostle Peter said this, I, I perceive this, that God's no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of persons. Now, watch this last verse in this, verse 34. And Jesus said to her, and Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well, the passage says, daughter, because you dared to believe your faith in me has healed you. Her persistence. This is not to suggest that healing or any other work of God is earned by human effort, but it does illustrate the need to be bold with what we believe. And to me, you know what? She's at a dead end in her life, and she says, I'm not going anywhere until I get healed. I'm not doing any of that. But it's interesting that Jesus didn't say to her, aren't you glad I'm here today? But no, instead he said, your faith. And so I go back and I think, what was this woman's faith made up? We can start from the very beginning. She heard about Jesus and then she began to believe what she heard. She began to speak about what she desired and then she acted. She didn't just sit back. She said, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God. Turn real quick with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Now as you're turning there, I'm going to give you another thought on that. When Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. That statement, daughter, your faith has made you whole. It cross-references us to the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 22, that says, have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. So he said to her, daughter, you had the God type of faith. Well, where do we go from that? Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Then it says, whosoever will say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and not down in his heart, but believe those things he says, he'll have whatever he says. And so I begin to look and I think, 
This woman was acting on the word of God, what the Lord Jesus tells us just a couple chapters down later. We'll stir your faith up here tonight. Hebrews 12, we've got to hurry. Verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight, every weight, the things that try to weight us down. A lot of that can be found in Mark 4, the parable of the sower. We get weighted down with, with the cares of this world, the deceitful riches, desire for Those things are designed to weight you down. Then he said, the sin which so easily ensnares us. The inter thing, interesting thing about the, the word sin right there is it literally talks about the sin of doubt and unbelief of God's promises. So easily snares us. And let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. The past been marked at. Now, watch the key here. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the initiator, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. So when I go back and I look what he said in verse 1, the goal of the enemy is to weight you down to get your eyes off the author and the finish of our faith. He does not want you keeping your eyes on Jesus because you know what he knows? When people get locked in on Jesus and they look to Jesus, something begins to happen. Something begins to take place. And so when you see what he's talking about here over and over, and I'm going to have to quit, the greatest Christian isn't the one who achieves. The greatest Christian is the one who learns to receive. I don't get born again because of how smart I am. I get born again because I receive Jesus. And so I get to a place where I, I just receive I just received the things of God. And so, again, I can look at what he's talking about in every area of my life. When I go back and I find out what the scriptures say, man, I got to hear it. I begin to believe it. I loved when it said, and she said over and over again, and she said, and she said, and she said. Start agreeing with what you're believing. Live with an expectation. And she said, bow your head with me. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. We thank you for your word. Lord, grace every one of us in our faith today. Help us. Help us, help us, help us to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that according to Hebrews 12, 2, you took a seat after you accomplished everything you did because the job was, it was finished. And so we thank you tonight that because everything you've done, we can walk in victory in this life. And Lord, we ask you to stir us up here and here tonight. Stir up our faith and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I want you to clap to the Lord. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.